Welcome to Tech Talk Nation, talking about the latest tech, industry news, and hot topics. Broadcasting from Purdue University in West Lafayette, Indiana. With your host, Matthew Fitzgerald. Good evening and welcome to Tech Talk Nation. I'm your host, Matt Fitzgerald, and I am joined once again by my good friend, Ryan Eastman. Ryan, how are you doing tonight? Doing pretty good, man. How are you doing? Good, good. It has been a long week in technology and a lot of interesting things have happened. Wouldn't you say so, Ryan? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to uh, concede that. <laughs> willing to concede that. Okay, very fair, very fair. Uh, so, uh, as we get into our topics today... Uh, get some music going and get right into it. So, for some reason, I don't know why, but I queued up the the theme song for the uh, first thing in my like show playlist thing. Uh, nonetheless, uh, lots of interesting news. So, uh, so Ryan and I just kind of met before like the show. We really didn't plan for much today, but I found some articles I think Ryan would really enjoy. So. Ooh, I'm excited. All right. So the uh, first thing is uh, the post office. There's a there's a um, issue with the post office, and you you may be thinking this is a technology show. Why are you talking about the post office? But in February, the um, United uh, excuse me, uh, I believe it's February, uh, the United States Postal Service started a program where you could get a scanned copy of whatever is being sent to your uh, house like the like the outside of the envelope uh, okay. uh, so you'd see like exactly what's going to be in your mailbox uh, and the, oh, okay. the sorting machines would actually take a uh, scan of the whatever's coming to your house and would uh, show it in the um, the mail so uh, that service, of course, is now a hotbed for criminals. So what the criminals do is they log in, uh, <laughs> use your fake details to get a hold of your uh, mail, your mail in this program, and know exactly when new credit cards are going to show up at your house <laughs> and go hand pick them out of the mailbox. Oh my gosh! So before you get a chance to activate your credit card uh, or get it out of your mailbox. A uh, fraudster could come over and just kind of like pick it right out of your mailbox and uh, call it theirs. Oh and before you even get a credit card and know that it's coming, uh, they've already been using it to uh, screw you over. <laughs> uh, and that's not a good thing, uh, to say the least. Uh, what do you think about that, that Ryan? Uh, I think this is one of those hundreds and hundreds of cases in technology where you have uh, just extreme unprepared for consequences that you're just not expecting uh in this case uh in this case it's something that you know you don't usually think about before you go ahead and implement something new but uh they went ahead and implemented it and naturally criminals were like oh hey we can take advantage of this and screw people over oh so totally. i guess the moral of the story is everyone should live in fear of all criminals definitely so uh we got a nice surprise in the studio here we were joined by pretty much half of phi sigma kappa here uh figuring out and we're just kind of uh talking about like some technology news and right now uh we're we're uh talking about the post office and the new platform they're using where uh 
you can uh, get your mail scanned to you and fraudsters are able to use it to basically gain all of your credit card information and use your credit card before you're actually uh, using that. So, yeah. And uh, any of you guys have uh, any thoughts on, on uh, that? So I'm joined, I'm joined by Will here. Yeah, hey, Fitz, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. How about you, Will? You know, uh, to respond to your question, I actually have no thoughts on this. Okay. Yeah, so that's that's all I got today, sir. You are gl- glad to uh, uh, hear that. Looks like he's garnering an applause from all the other brothers uh, here. So, uh, and with that, uh, they all left. How nice. Uh, moving on. Uh, the next story I have for you is a um, interesting take on the concept of um, portable consoles. And Ryan, I'm not sure if you know this exists, but in, in years past, there has been a uh, Nintendo has kind of condensed all their their uh, games from old consoles yes, into. Yes. Uh, one singular unit, uh, like a uh, Nintendo Entertainment System Classic or a Super Nintendo Entertainment System Classic. Uh, I thought it was just the NES that got that whole rework. No, there's actually two of them. Oh, I did not know. But here's an interesting thing. Sony is now following suit <laughs> in that and creating a PlayStation Classic. Uh, so what this guy includes is 20 PlayStation games uh, and two controllers that let you play a uh, couple of titles like Metal Gear Solid or Cool Borders 2 or uh, Tekken 3 and uh, Final Fantasy 6 or 7. Uh, nonetheless, though, uh, this is interesting to see this market change for um, kind of smaller devices that hold a lot of old games. Uh, this is retailing for $99 and is uh, start oh, shipping wow, on December cheap. 3rd. Yeah. It's a yeah. lot cheaper than I expected. The, the other thing that was interesting with this guy is the main difference between that is the um, uh, uh, three-dimensional graphics because the PlayStation 1 actually had 3D graphics. Yeah. Uh, the NES and SNES don't. And on the internal side, mm. uh, the way that the uh, NES works is a lot similar to that of a, a single board computer nowadays or like a Raspberry Pi. Uh, any one of these little kind of throw-it-in-anything computers. Yeah, kind of a straight emulator, right? Exactly, but this is interesting because it's taking more of a 3D approach, which means you have to have a bigger graphics processor mm. and a couple of other uh, features in there that are a uh, little harder. So, I mean, they are still PS1 games, though. They're not insanely difficult to uh, manage to get to play. Very fair, and... Uh, they like uh, fantasy. Final Fantasy VII is almost basically yeah. two dimensional. They are three dimensional, technically speaking. But if I remember correctly, and I could be completely speaking just out my butt right here, but if I remember correctly, they're very. It looks like I. Rem- everything's just like huge, huge polygons. Like someone's face is like an octagon. Is almost what it looks like. Pretty much, with yeah. Like a couple points that make it look a little different. Uh, things were very, very blocky in the days of the PS1, if I remember correctly. I mean, even the PS1 itself was relatively blocky. Uh, they have oh. a picture here I see on the verge oh. of uh, PlayStation Classic versus the regular PlayStation 1 from the good old days. Um, and basically, it's about 
I'd say maybe a quarter of the size of it. Would, would you agree oh, with yeah. that? Oh, well, yeah. Tech- <laughs> it's, it's, it's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, technology has come so far, they could probably make it in something the size of a smartphone if they really wanted. Yeah, yeah, but just probably for cost effectiveness. I don't know. It's a very, uh, right it's an interesting business strategy that a lot of people are going to where they say, oh, hey, uh, making new games is kind of extremely expensive if you want them to be AAA, like, huge production games. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of studios, you know, going back, revamping their old games. You have a lot of places like Nintendo and Sony going, hey, let's just remake an old console, and we don't have to make a new game for that. We can just put our old games on it. Totally. And uh, I mean, from a point of view of somebody like me, I mean, I like, I would rather have the a bunch of older games, which just gives you more variety to play, more stuff like that, rather than dropping basically that same amount of money on one new game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, well, there's... <laughs> uh, even now, there's games that are better forgotten that have come out recently, and there's games that are better forgotten coming out a while back. But there's, mm-hmm. you know, some games that just simply should not ever be forgotten. Mm-hmm. Uh, comes to mind games like uh, the original Metroid, Castlevania, uh, and the PlayStation department. I don't think it came out until PS2, but Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, yeah. Which is maybe one of the best looking games I've ever seen to this day. Looks but, like uh, this thing's got uh, the original Grand Theft Auto <laughs> on, uh, on here. If I remember correctly, that's top down, though. I think, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically 2D, but um, it's, I mean, it's still, it's, it's pretty cool. It's not it ushered in a new era of video games. <laughs> and it's really cool to see um, this entire kind of like uh, business model working. So uh, with that, I think we're going to take a little bit of a break here, and we will be back real soon with more Tech Talk Nation. Tech Talk Nation will be right back. Tech Talk Nation is brought to you by Fitzgerald Tech Solutions. We live in the digital world. Everyone is on the internet at least once a day. It is commonplace for every business, individual, and organization to have a website. You need a website to stay competitive. At Fitzgerald Tech Solutions, we provide you with everything you need for your internet presence. Whether you want to take the more DIY approach by buying web hosting services on our fast, US-based servers with industry-leading software, or allowing us to do the web designing and multimedia creation services for you, you can know that you are getting high-quality, reliable, and cost-effective services that you need to stay ahead in the market. Fitzgerald Tech Solutions fits your timeline. We work efficiently to make sure that you get what you want as soon as possible. Fitzgerald Tech Solutions fits your needs. Whether you are someone looking to get your own website or a large company looking for a fresh look, we can amaze you with our skills and expertise. Fitzgerald Tech Solutions fits your budget. We make sure that great websites don't break the bank and will not stop until you are 100% satisfied. Fitzgerald Tech Solutions. Tech. We get it. You're listening to Wiley Radio. Welcome back to Tech Talk Nation. Welcome back to Tech Talk Nation, and thanks for sticking with us after the break. We still have a lot more tech to talk about, right, Ryan? 
Uh, indeed we do, yes. Indeed we do, indeed. Wow, that was a double negative. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, we're looking at a couple articles here. So, the foldable phones are coming. <laughs> the foldable phones are coming. It's not just a regression into an older era. I mean, you say but that, but... they're coming. So basically... Uh, Samsung debuting a new device. It's basically a tablet that folds in half. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Not it, okay. I, I want to take issue with the word uh, debuting. They were uh, revealing a prototype of a concept they're working on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's 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 a good distinction to make. Yes, because this thing is probably a year or two away from getting released. I think personally. Yeah. I'm like, maybe that's a bit extreme. A year sounds about right to me. So it says here on The Verge, uh, Samsung showed off its new Infinity Flex display, a display technology that will allow tablet-sized screens to fold into the device that approximates the size and shape of a smartphone. Uh, so basically <laughs> taking that technology of uh, bendable displays and just basically running with it. Yeah. Kind of crazy. Uh couple of things on this. <laughs> so I I get it's a very very interesting thing to have. Uh I have not figured out who is this for. That's the thing I just do not know is what who here has ever like picked up the phone and said, "You know, I wish this was a tablet for any situation other than just watching, I don't know, Netflix on your phone." You might go, "Oh, I wish this was bigger." But what price are you willing to pay for that? Exactly, and I, I agree <laughs> with you. I mean, I personally, th it's really cool. It's It reminds me of something oh, from yeah. like an 80s movie or something. Yeah. Uh, but in, a, in all practicality, I think it's basically pointless, uh, especially considering that a phone the size of uh, basically your hand already exists, and that's a big enough display <laughs> to pretty much do well, anything you want. The interesting thing, too, is... Uh, so the prototype they showed off, I saw uh, behind-the-scenes videos earlier because I was interested in this because uh, it's a very odd and interesting thing to look at. But uh, it was uh, – it's so if you look at a phone nowadays made by any major company who has pretty much any amount of success, uh, you'll notice something, and that's that their screens run almost up to the edges of the phone almost exclusively. So like that, that bezel-less design yes, in a way. Yes, bezel-less – quote unquote, because they're still working on it. But yeah. uh, very, very minimal bezels is usually a design philosophy. And right now with this, you have uh, massive, massive bezels on it in the thing they showed off. They yeah they hit it in the dark with black bezels so that no one could technically see that. And this is a prototype. There's still a lot of work they can do. Yep. But uh, the real, uh, real big confusing one is uh, when you fold this thing in half, you just doubled the thickness of your phone. Exactly. And no one like no one wants that. No one likes that. Exactly. You fold that screen on top of each other. You just you're not only doubling the thickness of your phone, but you're also basically turning it into a brick at that point. <laughs> so yeah, pretty much about yeah. the size of a brick. Um, the thing that really interests me though about this is the fact that it's like they they show an animation here on the verge of it actually closing. And as it closes, it just looks it looks weird. It looks surreal. Um, <laughs> it is odd. Because you, you, yeah. you know, like it's not supposed to do that, <laughs> and and you're you're watching it like 
that that's not right. That's that's something out of fantasy. Uh, but Samsung, in their infinite budgets, developed it. Yeah. So uh, the phone half is actually the part I take the issue with. If they just made a folding tablet, I don't know why and what purpose that serves, but uh, I'd enjoy seeing it. Oh, totally, definitely. Um, it, it just comes back to who in the world is saying, oh, yeah, this smartphone isn't big enough. I need a tablet. Exactly. I, I don't know who actually has that thought, like, actively. It's such exactly. a weird thing, especially with how big smartphones have gotten in the last, what year is it, 2018? About five years, <laughs> half a yep. decade. It's, it is 2018. Welcome to November of 2018. For one more Ryan. month and a half. <laughs> uh, nonetheless... Uh, it looks like rollable may be a new trend that's that's uh, <laughs> emerging too because LG okay. recently releasing a rollable TV. I know I do I like that better to be honest. Yeah, because these kinds because so for a phone you have to pack in a whole bunch of hardware <coughs> for a tablet you have to pack in a whole bunch of hardware. Uh, so having these weird flexible screens and all that doesn't it does you can't really take advantage of how truly thin they actually are. Whereas LG, uh, if you put one of those on a wall, it'll kind of look like it's just built into the wall, and it's kind of a really you know high tech, uh, futuristic look, and I like it. Yeah, definitely, and <laughs> and I'm not sure how just much. Not on phones. <laughs> true, very true. I'm not sure how much of the market it's going to garner, at least in the immediate future, but nonetheless, definitely a cool technology yeah. and definitely something that will be really, really cool. I mean, we'll Why see. No Maybe music? someone who's really, really uh, creative can come up with a really, you know, practical, useful, and innovative way to use this, but for now, I don't see a purpose. I completely <laughs> agree with you on that one. So, uh,. Ryan, you have any any uh, articles to share? Uh, I have a quick thing to uh, kind of gloss over real quick, and it's uh, Google coming out with uh, telling us something that people who kind of knew how the technology works already knew, and it's that dark mode is, in fact, the best way to run a smartphone for your battery life. Dark mode. Could you elaborate on what dark mode is for the people Yes, and there's one qualifier, and it's the type of screen you have to have on your phone. So, what dark mode is... Uh, is the best software innovation known to mankind. It takes all the like white, harsh screens on your phone and it just flips the colors so they're now black and there's cool blues and it doesn't hurt your eyes. Yep. And I firmly believe it's the only way to design a phone interface. Exactly. And oh, it's so much better. You were mentioning it's a OLED screen. Yes. Correct. So there's a specific type of screen. It'll be in, I believe, the iPhone 10, the iPhone 10R. Uh, or is the 10R the budget phone? Uh, Apple's irrelevant at this point, so... No, they do have two LED phones, or OLED phones. Uh, probably the... So it's the two top-end ones right now. Uh, okay. Their okay. current budget offering, uh, I think it's the XR is their budget offering, this will not work for. But, so Apple's two phones, most any phone yes. you get now has what's called XS. Yep. Yes. It's a band. Uh, most any... <laughs> <laughs> XS, in excess. Uh... Most phones from like a major uh, flagship developer nowadays will have that type of screen, an OLED, which means you can turn on a single pixel at a time. So, by not using the color white and by using the color black, you are turning on less pixels, which is less light, less energy, and your battery will last longer. These are true facts. True facts from Ryan Eastman. And Copy Google. <laughs> and Google. Hired. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, really. Um, so that is really, really cool. And if you want to get one of those uh, nice, good old Apple devices that everybody <laughs> seems to love so much, uh, you can now buy it on Amazon. Because Amazon just struck a deal with Apple to oh, sell really? their devices on Amazon. I did not hear about that one. Yeah. So basically, Amazon is trying to gain more market share in, in retail. And they're like, okay, we want to sell Apple products. So Apple is now selling products directly from Apple on Amazon. And that kind of is a new retail channel for them, yeah, too. Yeah, and that's probably a good move by them, quite frankly. Because Amazon's... Uh what's the word infrastructure for moving around devices is unmatched by anyone oh yeah there, there's Amazon's supply chain is insane mm, that's a better word for yeah it. <laughs> that's insane. the technical term their warehouses are so optimized that oh it, yeah it throws traditional commerce on its head well they have just absolute genius uh, industrial engineers taking care of pretty much every step of a process oh it's yeah absolutely uh, stunning quite frankly exactly and uh I'm not sure if a lot of people at home know, but actually Amazon's warehouses are mainly run by robots mm -hmm. uh, and completely automated to the point of the only time a person touches a package uh, could be to actually pack it in the package <laughs> with the uh, with air wraps and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but most of the sorting is... Uh, the, the items are actually physically p either picked by people or... Uh, robot but the items that are picked by people are interesting because the shelf itself is brought to the person picking via a robot so a robot literally goes under a shelf picks up the shelf and brings it to where the person is working so the person can actually grab the item off the shelf and then put it in the basket that goes to the uh, packers Fun fact, uh, the North Carolina, Universe, North Carolina State University Library runs the same exact way. Really? Yeah, it's completely robot run. Interesting. So the, kind of the same system, but I don't remember if someone from Amazon designed it or not. I do remember that that's how they designed it, but that's very, neither here nor there. Interesting. <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, Amazon is now selling Apple devices, and that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. And they're going to make a buttload of money off of it. Yep, because people are idiots. In fact, two metric buttloads. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so that's more market domination for right Amazon. Because like people are idiots, but. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan that's of not Apple. Fair. Yeah. I don't feel like that's fair. Yeah, that is. And I'm not, not a fan fair. of it either. That is. Because people fair. are willing to pay, pay vast amounts of money for Apple devices. And uh, inferior software as well. But I digress. <laughs> to each his own. And with that, I think we should probably call it for this week. Um, as always, you can check us out. What? I want to complain about Apple more. You want to complain about Apple more? Then complain, complain about, about Apple, Apple more. more. Let's go. Okay. Apple's just announced two new products. I want to complain about them. Okay. <laughs> I, I did not hear about this. I've been out. Oh, of, you didn't know about this? Yeah, I, I actually had been out of touch of the the news pretty like relatively recently. I mean, what's today? The tenth? About a week ago. Yeah. Uh, it was the 30th of October, I believe, or the 31st. Okay, and uh, what did they launch? Well, they launched uh, a refresh of the Mac Mini, which really? for anyone who remembers is one of Mac's uh, three-ish, I want to say, actual still like stationary computers. I want to say they had the iMac, the Mac Mini, and, and the, the trash Mac can, and yep. I refuse to address it as anything other than the trash can. 
but uh, and they also refresh the MacBook Air. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, what are what are the uh, specs on that uh, that uh, Mac, Mac Mini? Mini? Okay. Uh, starts at eight hundred dollars. Well, there goes the no, no, ability on, of me to buy it. <laughs> in, all, in fairness to Apple, that's not the most expensive they've ever set uh, something they've charged for, quite we're, frankly. We're looking at you, iPhone 10. But you are paying $800 for a quad-core i3, okay. 8 gigabytes of RAM, okay. and 128 gigabytes of storage. Okay, so basically a $300 laptop in any other market. Uh, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and say $400 because it has good build quality, but yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, because that i3 is a little low. I mean, granted, it is yes. a... Uh, is that... What generation does it say? Uh, it's newest one, 8th gen, I believe. Okay, 8th gen. Yeah. Uh, it's not bad, but basically yeah. at this point, the i3 processor is the equivalent of basically a Core 2 Duo <laughs> uh, in terms of today's market. Which they used to sell in their uh, Mac Pros, any, or their uh, MacBook Pros. Correct, My yeah. apologies. But, yeah, uh, in the dark times. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, that that's a little underwhelming. It, yeah, it do is they? vastly overpriced. They do have another model. Okay, I was going to ask that. Yeah. This one you can go up to an i5. Oh, wow. And you can get still 8 gigabytes of memory, but you do get double the actual storage for 256 gigs. Okay, so they're moving to that SSD model Yes, right there. it's $1,100. Did, did they mention about any ability for upgrading it without their permission? Or <laughs> did I... they mention it? No. Is it possible? Yes. Okay. okay. Only the RAM, though, from what I understand. Interesting. So you couldn't theoretically like like take out an SSD? I don't believe so. Okay. They've gone to, if I remember correctly, on their uh, iMacs the same. I believe their iMacs are the same way where they solder on all the RAM. Interesting. And all the SSDs as well. Interesting. Or sorry, they don't actually solder on the RAM, strangely enough. It's the SSD they solder on. Cool, cool. That's their hyper yeah. storage. Uh, it's an overpriced mess. Yes. I will say it outright. It's an overpriced mess. Yes. And I completely agree with you. <laughs> uh, the but, other big concern, but I think. But the, the one thing I do like about it is it's good for developers. Like, some, like a developer who is developing on a PC-based infrastructure and needs to switch over to Xcode, I feel like that's a good solution for them. Uh, maybe I can't uh, speak as well to those, but uh, yeah, per perhaps. I haven't messed with Xcode before. Uh, I still have complaints. Okay. Uh, overpriced, that's a big one. And yes. then I have a fear of uh, heat. Heat, okay. Heat. I, there is one fan in there, and I have no idea if that's gonna be enough or not. Well, it depends, especially as the years go on and Apple slowly kills it off with, with <laughs> unoptimized software. Yeah. Um, as the thing starts chugging and more and more processes and more and more threads are added to that processor, um, yeah, it'll uh, get hotter and hotter. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I think Apple makes a massive, very, very consistent mistake mm -hmm. in heat. Uh, yes. They will sacrifice anything on the altar of a better looking and a better feeling design device and performance and battery life is the first thing to go. <laughs> nice. Nice. And I think speaking about performance no battery and life. battery life. Oh yes. What about that, uh, that MacBook Air? Yeah, they refreshed the MacBook Air as well. Uh I actually do like this refresh better than the other one. Yeah. Uh, it's still a Mac. You're still paying uh, tons of money for not the best specs. Mm -hmm. You're paying for, you know, you know what you're getting. You're getting, uh, what do they call it now? 
Mac OS. Yep. I forget. They re- they changed the name. Yeah, they but call it Mac OS. Tons and tons of money for Mac OS, essentially, because that's let's face it, that's what you're paying for. Uh, yep. I do like this better. Okay. Uh, they've gotten rid of uh, actual USBs, which I'm actually kind of okay with. Are you sure? Yeah, because uh, I-, I can actually get to that right after this, because okay. one of their other devices, which is the really interesting change they made, is that uh, I'll get to that in a second. Let's right. stick with this. Uh, okay. I'll give the lowdown on the cheapest model, because that's usually a good baseline. The cheapest model is actually an i5. Really? It's 8 gigabytes of RAM. Okay. It's 128 gigabyte SSD. Okay. And it's actually only a grand in Apple terms. That's actually not bad if the For Apple, that's decent. <laughs> exactly. Considering that the, uh, what was that, the mini was yeah. 800 for an i3? Yeah. yeah. You can get the same processor in that thing for 1100 and you get more storage, but you're paying an extra $100 for that storage. Interesting. And uh, what about the highest version? What's the highest version? Oh, I think it goes straight up to an i7. Really? Okay. Oh, no. i5 is not making i7 uh, errors. My bad. Okay. They have included uh, Touch ID. Oh, I should, sorry, I should mention that part. Uh, the cheapest model does not include Touch ID. Okay. That's how they're giving it to you for a thousand. I shouldn't say how they're giving it to you for a thousand. That's why they're giving it to you for a thousand. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the two ex- more expensive models do have actual Touch ID. Okay, and I mean, I for me personally, that's something I could live without. Uh, well, it's something I'm willing to go without to save a few hundred dollars. Completely agree on that. Uh, so you, you mentioned they got rid of all their USB ports. Yes. Uh, so they're just switching strictly to USB-C? Yes. They're, okay. two, they're technically Thunderbolt ports, but yes, they're okay. USB-C. Okay. Uh, I don't feel like getting into that whole mess right now. All right. I believe they kept the headphone jack. <laughs> Thank God. Good. At least for a computer, keep the headphone jack out. Please. please. Um, honestly, the biggest changes were they cut down on the bezels significantly, which, mm-hmm. thank you. That was one of the problems with the old one. Uh, they redid the screen to a better looking retina display. Yeah. Uh, and they refreshed the internals and they switched those two things. It's not the most uh, astounding redo, but I'm I'm okay with it. Okay. Kind of. All right. They do want to charge you $200 for Touch ID because the next model up's the same exact thing, but it has Touch ID. Wow. So that goes to show $200 for Touch ID. Oh, actually, I take that back. Oh, no, never mind. I shouldn't say that. It's not $200 for the same thing. It's $200 for a worse computer with Touch ID. Ah, even better. <laughs> That's actually odd. Both of their uh, more expensive models are uh, slower base clock, higher turbo clock. Okay. Which is interesting. Huh. Interesting. Uh, and for all the people at home, clock is <laughs> the uh, speed at which the computer runs. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, and turbo is when you're really pushing it, uh, it will automatically go a little higher than it's designed to run just to kind of save some space. Yes. Uh, and kind of catch itself. Um, but yeah. But there is one more product that Apple released that I get to rag on now. Oh, no. And that's the iPad Pro. Ooh, the iPad Pro. Yes. Apple's competitor to the Surface Book. It's a terrible competitor, quite frankly, but I'll get to that. (laughs) So the reason I'm okay with them going to nothing but USB-C on the MacBook Air is because the uh, Mac iPad Pro, sure, the iPad Pro is now USB-C port. It's no longer Thunderbolt. Really? Yes, and it... 
I'm so happy I get to say that. It's not Thunderbolt, it's Lightning, by the way. Oh, did I say Thunderbolt? Yeah. Sorry, it's not Lightning, yeah. it's USB-C. And Interesting. I am so, so happy Apple did this. Yeah. Because honestly, I hate Lightning. Yeah. I got that right, correct? Yep. I hate Lightning just as a proprietary port that no one likes. Exactly. And is just uh, needlessly separating things into a port that's not even better than USB-C. It's the same, mm -hmm. probably. Uh, I really like that decision. However. However. However, it is... Actually, I'll get into the software after this. First, this is my biggest problem with any tablet anyone can make. Okay. The camera sticks out the back so it cannot lie flat on a table. Really? Really. And I despise that. <laughs> so you, you would want the device to be completely flush? And yes, I want the camera table? flush to the device if it's a tablet. Because that's one of the ways you can use a tablet, is to just set on a table and use. Yep. If you want to set it on a table and draw, now you have to deal with that uh, camera in the way. If you want to do a whole host of other things to where you set it on the table and read, you end up having it bop up and down. Well, for the low cost of $99.95, you can get that feature with our new case. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. I'm actually, hold on, give me half a second to figure out what this costs, because I didn't pay attention to that part. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but here's the uh, real. So it starts actually from $800, which is a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But uh, here's the uh, problem with the fact that the iPad exists. Okay. It runs iOS. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It yeah, runs still call iOS. It iOS. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just iOS is just not meant for like a power using tablet or anything like that. It's just not. It's meant as a mobile first operating yes, system. Yes. They do a good job phones. of bringing, you know, good apps to it, but it's still, you know, apps. And the it's actually very, very impressive what they do with this. They packed a lot of power into it. It's, I think, performing on par with their MacBook Air. Yeah. Like almost the exact same. Maybe a little bit better. But it's still stuck with iOS, which really hinders what you can actually do with it. Exactly, exactly. You're, you're getting apps. You're getting cut-down versions of real software. Yeah. They do a, Look, Apple does a very good job of porting over good software to it and of getting people to produce uh, applications for their devices. Yep. Uh, you can just see that in, to be honest, the App Store disparity between Android and Apple. Yep. I hate it, but Apple does just have better apps. Yeah, that's... Flat that's, out. Yeah. Uh, I say that as someone who would never buy an iPhone, who still refuses to buy an iPhone, and who had just purchased a new Android phone. But the point is, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much power you pack into that iPad, it has iOS, and you can't take advantage of that on almost anything. Which is just a problem. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. So... Any other any other final words to say on that uh, that new uh, uh, iPad Pro or any uh, other of the fun Apple things tonight? Uh, I mean, I can complain more about how their design is. Just I get irritated by the sacrifices they choose to make. No, you're. <laughs> I won't. With Johnny Ives, Ryan. Johnny, give it to Johnny. Take it away, apparently. <laughs> And with that, <laughs> uh, why don't we leave it at that? So thank you so much for joining us tonight for Tech Talk Nation. Appreciate you stopping by. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Everyone by Microsoft and Android. Thank you so much. <laughs>
And uh, with minimal propaganda, uh, thank you for listening tonight. Be sure to check out our social media on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as our website at techtalknation.com. Listen to us on any podcast uh, broadcasting software. And uh, we will be back on Sunday, hopefully with Nate, uh, to talk about more technology. So see you then. Thank you for listening to Tech Talk Nation. Tune in next week for more discussion on the latest in tech. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Visit our website at www.techtalknation.com. Thanks for listening to Tech Talk Nation. Tune in next week for more discussion on the latest in tech.